When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My name is Darren Mafia. Of course, I am the mayor of the city of Phoenix. Somehow, still inexplicably, this man next to me, Mr. Electric, Sean Paz, still not thrilled. Uh, and of course, Jesse Friedman, your thunderstorm. Uh, guys, this one was a tough loss to stomach. Uh, Zach Gallen was not very good today, and we will get into why he wasn't good today. It wasn't all Zach Gallen's fault, but this bullpen just once again absolutely imploded. Uh, what are we at now? 18 games in a row where the Diamondbacks bullpen has allowed one earned run or more. Well, they didn't allow they any didn't runs one yesterday. Yeah, that's right. Technically, the, the, streak the streak is over. <laughs> 18, Ooh, 18 out of 19. Start a new streak because today was atrocious uh, for this bullpen. And even though, like I said, Zach Gallen wasn't very good, this team still stayed in it, right? Like there was still the answer backs in the offense. There just wasn't much answer back in the Diamondbacks bullpen. They gave up uh, six earned runs today, and the Diamondbacks lose the game 11-7. to Yeah, there was no rally monkey at the stadium. That was a problem. Yeah, this one's on Cogs. Cogs, you need to add a loss in, the, in, your, in, your, in your loss column on your sheet there. But uh, no rally monkey. No one was coming to save this team. And hopefully there is some help on the horizon with the trade deadline looming in less than a week. But at this point, looking at this bullpen and the performances they've had as of late, uh, this has just been awful. Today's game was once again one of those instances where nobody, nobody in the bullpen seemed to be able to throw a competitive baseball. Yeah, the team just feels like it's missing that spark that it had for the that spark that that what is the the that spark that drive that electricity. We give you a place to plug it in, talk and store. Resorts, casinos. That's why uh, Mr. Electric. Like <laughs> uh, but they just said uh, that. Like, yeah, there's no. There's not. The team just doesn't feel like there's much to it. And I was hoping that last night it would be kind of like a you know a kickstart, and they would kind of get that energy back. But it, uh, it just didn't really seem like it. And it, I mean, it took a while. Obviously, like it took a while for the offense. Kind of. I mean, they had two runs in the third. Or the third, I guess. But like, I don't know, man. This just is not fun watching this team anymore at this point. Yeah, the Diamondbacks just—they uh, left so many, so many base runners out yeah, there man. throughout the course of this game. Two for sixteen with runners in scoring position. Uh, just continuing a, a recent trend on on that front. And and yeah, I mean the game yesterday was was great. It seemed like a, a huge pick me up for the team as a whole. Corbin Carroll coming through and uh, in that big spot with a two run triple. Uh, and you felt like maybe that's the turning point. Maybe the D-backs are getting to the other side of this skid. Uh, a thought that some people maybe had last week as well when the D-backs took the first two games against the Atlanta Braves in that series. It felt like the skid was maybe over then. But the skid, just it's just not over. It just continues to go on and on and on for this Diamondbacks baseball team. I believe they are 5-14 and 14 now in the month of July. Uh, it has been all bad. I mean, it has been uh, outside of that Brave series. I know the D-backs took a series from the Pirates before the All-Star break. This has just been a brutal month across uh, across the board. 
Post All-Star break, the Diamondbacks run into this. 18 of their first 24 games are against opponents with a combined winning percentage of 557. Uh, what makes it worse, seven of the eight opponents they face after the All-Star break have a 500 record or better. The one team that didn't, the St. Louis Cardinals. <laughs> so uh, things don't get better from this point going forward, and the Cardinals really were a team uh, – I. I, I don't I don't want to pat myself on the back too much uh, because I did say that they are a team that's hot right now. And, of course, that's when the Diamondbacks catch them. Um, but this was a team that the Diamondbacks needed to take care of business against. Now, Zach Gallon was not good today at home, which is obviously uncharacteristic with how good he has been. But I don't feel like this was entirely Zach Gallon's fault. Uh you know, we, we we like to throw a little blame every once in a while at a home plate umpire here or there, but we don't tend to we don't we don't tend to fall back on that too often. However, home plate umpire Clint Vondrack was flat out just awful behind the plate today. Mm. Uh, let's take a look at some of his strike calls or his ball calls or his lack of strike calls. Oh, this one. Oh, this one's egregious. Oh, this one makes me want to run out to the field, which is two blocks away. And fight this man. And I'm not, I'm a more reasonable human being than that. I don't want to fight an umpire. Um, but I, I feel like someone needed to over this call. Yeah. I mean, this was at this, when this happened, I was like, oh, this is going to be a day. And it was a day. It was um, a day. And I mean, I know we have other graphics. Like, it was just not, it didn't feel equitable at all. Um, but I mean, these are like, especially that second, the second pitch there, that first ball is like a blade. That's a, that's a strike in every way, shape, and form. And so is the, th the second ball as well. But, uh, but the, I mean, the second one, it's not often you see pitches that are well within the interior strike zone, not even touching a border be called a ball this is um, yeah, that was so awful. it was egregious so and, and it, it was I it, it seemed like it was all game I don't think Jose Herrera did a great job uh framing at least one of those pitches I think that was that was part of the part of the situation you but sound, you sound like half of our Twitter uh followers right now Jesse yeah yeah I mean they did have a point on that but uh <laughs> yeah I mean we have another graphic that shows uh gallons strikes uh just gallons pitches for the here. entire game things being equitable it's just yeah. a, a, a lot of blue there in the inside of the strike zone mm-hmm yeah, there were there were definitely multiple missed calls in this game. You don't really see Gallon getting any called strikes out of the zone. If we flip over to Jack Flaherty, uh, things look uh, a little bit different. You see a number of pitches mm. on both sides. Not a single of blue the ball in the zone. zone. Lord. And you don't see any pitches Good in the zone Lord. that were like that is, uh, that That's were, egregious. That's egregious. I'm very interested in this, this in this uh, Clint, umpire card. Clint Vondrack, you should be ashamed of yourself. The Diamondbacks, frankly, did not lose this game because of the umpiring. Though. No, no the they did not. The Cardinals offense vastly outperformed the Diamondbacks offense in this game. And the Cardinals bullpen was, I guess, not that much better than the Diamondbacks bullpen, given the way that things ended. But, uh, you know, the D-backs scored a few runs late, which didn't really seem to matter a whole lot at the end of the day. But the D-backs bullpen gave up six runs in this game you know when the game was still was still interesting for a while there so I mean, like we said gallon wasn't great gallon gave up six uh, in six and a third innings pitch he gave up seven hits five earned runs two walks and eight strikeouts yeah uh, his, his strikeouts looked uh he did he did have some whiffs there his strikeouts did look a bit uh look look angry because he was frustrated with the strike zone and some of those lot the lack of calls he was getting uh but when gallon left the game as much as we want to say he was he was not good today he had this rare you know, bad outing at Chase Field, uh, the Diamondbacks still had a chance to win. And had the bullpen been able to hold the Cardinals, uh, this would be 
right? Theoretically, a seven to five ball game, right? I guess you could say the same thing about the Cardinal side of things. If their bullpen could have held, whatever. But throw the entire bullpen in the trash. Six earned runs in two and two thirds innings pitched. And I mean, there's plenty of times where you want to blame it on one of the guys in the pen. Kyle Nelson gave up an earned run, and he also gave up the run. He gave up a two-run homer. Gave up two-run homer, so Gallon got charged with one of those. Uh, Then McGuff gives up four, and Tyler Gilbert gives up one. I think think McGuff had a a runner on that – Tyler Gilbert let score as well, but regardless, it was everybody. Nobody, nobody could get an out. It felt like out of the pen, and it was a very frustrating day to watch. Uh, once Gallon did leave the game, it was also frustrating once Gallon, when Gallon was still in there because of the way that this game was being called behind the plate. But uh, more than anything, I think it's the the lack of equity. Like Sean said, uh, it's the fact that when you look at those two strike zones, you can't tell me. You can't tell me that this umpire was just calling, you know, a, 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 sh- a squatty strike zone or he was calling it this way or that way. That is an egregious uh, amount of calls in, in the favor of the St. Louis Cardinals. So. And like Jesse said, obviously it doesn't like uh, it's probably not it why they lost really the matter. game. But at the same time, <laughs> especially with like that Lars Newbar at bat being early on in the game, like you hate. To wonder about like if if Zach Gallon's frustration affected his performance and stuff like that. Like you would just rather this not be a uh, element to the game that you even have to talk about, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I mean that's so egregious that you have to you have Jesse, to address it. Jesse, you keep saying it doesn't matter. Um, what if Gallon was better? Like what if Gallon was better? What if Gallon wasn't getting these calls missed on him? And what if Gallon was more efficient and he didn't give up five earns? What if we saw Gallon go out there and give up one earn? I mean, I get it. The bullpen still gave up six, but like, I mean, there might be some sort of cascading effect if the Diamondbacks yeah. were in a better position to win, where maybe Lavello manages the game differently, or you know, I, I don't really know there. But I just think like maybe if he doesn't have to like face an extra hitter in the first inning, like yeah, maybe he has some some more left in the tank, yeah. you know, toward the end of the game when he when he gave up that fourth run, but. Yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, Gallon just wasn't all that great. And and I think the D-backs offense, even though they did score seven runs in this game, you could make a case that, you know, the offense actually was pretty good. And I don't know if I really buy that. I mean, at, at that stranded point. Stranded a leadoff triple in the first inning. They stranded yeah, they all stranded a leadoff guys. triple. They, oh, they stranded a Jake McCarthy leadoff double later oh in the God. game. Uh, and, and by they were the, two for 16 today with runners in scoring yeah. position. Two for 16. And by the ninth inning, I mean, it's 11-4 game. Obviously, the Cardinals aren't going to their best relievers in that situation. So, you know, scoring three runs there isn't really the same as scoring three runs earlier in this game when it was still close. So uh, the offense continues to to flounder a little bit. There are moments where it's like if Corbin Carroll or Christian Walker don't do it, it's not going to happen. Jake McCarthy did have an outstanding game at the plate. He was three for four. A uh, couple, three for five, couple yeah. singles, a double. Uh, I think there was also a hard line out in this game. So good, good to see him have a game like that. But up and down the lineup, the D-backs just need to get more from from this offense. You did mention Corbin Carroll. And of course, Corbin Carroll continues to deliver. Uh, in this series, he delivered. He delivered the game-winning hit in yesterday's wonderful win, which, by the way, shout out to our PHNX family that came out for the takeover event. I think last night was one of our best takeover events that we've had as far as a, a PHNX Diamondbacks family. Uh, the food was great. The atmosphere was great. But more than anything, those seats that we got out there in 144 sitting underneath that home run porch, that was that was a legitimate party we had going out there. So I am so uh, incredibly thankful for those of you that came out. I hope you guys all had as good of a time as we did. 
And uh, yeah, watching Corbin Carroll win that game with that pitch hit uh, triple was was quite the quite the you know experience to to go through. And uh, Corbin Carroll's making history. He continues to make history. He got his 30th stolen base in this game, and now Corbin Carroll uh, has 21 home runs and 30 stolen bases, making him just the sixth player in MLB history to go 20-30 in their rookie season. Uh, today he was three for four with three runs scored and a walk, and he just continues to be an incredible baseball player, a, play, a player that you you just are sincerely thankful is a part of your organization. Uh, he He is just a great guy. He's a humble guy. It's great to talk to him. And, you know, again, last night he, he talked to us about you know, coming in in that pinch hit situation and just kind of trying to make something happen. And uh, I think it's the first time I've ever even heard him say that he hit the ball good. I think he was like, I put a good put a good swing on it. You know, and like I was like, was that a was that a complimentary thing he said about himself? Because <laughs> Corbin Carroll, he doesn't do that. He doesn't talk good about himself. But uh, sixth player in MLB history. An interesting fact: the Diamondbacks actually have had two of the six players that uh, went twenty thirty in their rookie season as part of their organization. The other one being Devin White. So there you go. There's a little piece. Diamondbacks legend, Devin White. <laughs> I couldn't believe looking him up that he only played one season for this team. I swear my memory was like of him being a, just a, a, a staple, you know, the foundation of this team. Nope, not a, not the case. A good all, season. Yeah, he did have a good season. But Chris Young was really close. That was my guess when you asked me who the other the other guy was yes. a D-back was. He had a 30 homer, 20 stolen base season, not a 20 homer, 30 stolen base season. He had like 27 stolen bases in 2007. So he was he was right there. Well, I'll tell you this much. Corbin Carroll, uh, he's going to he's going to threaten to maybe make it a, a 30, 30 or maybe even a 30, 40 season with the production he's had. Uh, if he can continue to produce like he has. But uh, I will tell you, I'm still very confident about my futures bet on Corbin Carroll winning the rookie of the year. He is our Roy. He he does live a life well lived. Uh, and you can get down, uh, probably not on great odds on Corbin Carroll, but who knows? Maybe these odds makers start seeing Ellie De La Cruz and have those pass him by. You know, like he's doing stuff that only only certain guys have done in, in history. So I would still uh, put my money on Corbin Carroll to win the rookie of the year. You can also put your money on Nerfy Fridays over at BetMGM Sportsbook app. All you have to do is be an existing BetMGM Sports user, and it's this easy to get the promotion. You just opt into the promotion. Uh, there's a no-run first-inning bet. Then you place it on any MLB game You by betting no on the will-there-be-a-run in the first-inning market. If your bet loses but only one run is scored during the first inning, you will receive a bonus bet equaling your stake up to $25.00. And again, remember, this is only on Fridays, so do not miss out on Nerfy Fridays over at the BetMGM app. If you haven't signed up yet for BetMGM, use bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, you will place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full details. And now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-522-4700, Nevada. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, Nevada, New York, or Ontario. Ontario. 
Well, we thank you guys for being here on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel, even if you are from Ontario. We especially, <laughs> we especially welcome you, man. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to the channel yet, do so. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss whenever we go live. Leave us a thumbs up just for our self-esteem. If you're listening on the audio podcasting side, leave us a review. We always appreciate you doing that. Make sure you just subscribe over there as well. Uh, and, and like I said, we, we loved hanging out with our diehards last night. If you haven't signed up for a diehard membership yet, join the family. Not only will you get discounts on events like our takeover event we had last night, but you will get a free piece of merchandise from the phnxlocker.com and all uh, 20% off all future purchases. You also get uh, benefits from our partners like a Mountain Mike's gift certificate for $50. You get a ranch card from Dobson Ranch Golf Course and so much more. You get access to our members-only Discord lounge, Jesse's newsletter full count, and all the newsletters for all of our writers around here uh, and everything that we have to offer, including, uh, again, that Discord lounge is the best place to be an Arizona sports fan. So join us today over here uh, at PHNX and join us. Become part of the family. Uh, Jacob Nevin in the comments said, did you guys see Ahmed Rosario as a Dodger? Yes, we did. And we hate it. Mm -hmm. We don't like it. And the Dodgers, uh, despite what Mike Hazen says about the trade market and things not really happening yet at this point, uh, the Dodgers, once again, seem to be making things happen. And that's just what the Dodgers always do. But before we get on to trade deadline talk and and more things that might dishearten you, let's take a look at the numbers for this <laughs> series between the Cardinals because, boy, this looks ugly uh, for both teams, I guess, in some ways, right? Uh, starting pitching ERA, awful for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Of course, you know, we, we had Ryan Nelson have that fairly bad outing. And, you know, Merrill Kelly – Outstanding. Merrill Kelly was absolutely outstanding for this team, but Zach Gallen also contributed to this ERA being so high. The Diamondbacks just uh, uh, really are struggling in two primary areas right now. Uh, one of them being relief pitching and the other one being hitting with runners in scoring position. Mm -hmm. I guess you could argue that there's a third one, which is also starting pitching. <laughs> uh, they're basically struggling in everything. In every way, uh, in every feasible way. But yeah, I mean, 162 with runners in scoring position compared to 400 for the Cardinals. Like, that's the series right yeah. there. I mean, the D-backs had more hits in the series than the Cardinals did. They had a number of base runners, especially in this game today. And yeah, it's not it's not really that they're, they're not getting opportunities. They're not getting guys on base. It's just that they're really struggling to get guys in. Uh, and sometimes you don't even need a base hit. There were multiple situations in this game where the D-backs didn't need a hit in order to get a runner home and and they weren't able to come through in that way either. So uh, the, the lack of being able to hit in, in those moments where it really counts is, has really hurt them. And yeah, I mean, the D-backs had two out of their three best starters going in this series, right? Like if ever a series were lined up for the D-backs to, to come out well, I mean, having Gallon and Kelly on back-to-back -back days had to feel pretty good. But unfortunately, Gallon wasn't himself today and He's been good lately, but he hasn't been great. He's given up three runs, I believe, in three straight starts. He, he's not really been the, the ace-type pitcher that we've seen in the past. Uh, really, I, I see some comments about the Dodgers getting below-average players and things like that. Uh, I think the point is is that the Dodgers are the Dodgers, right? You know, like when a guy has a 400 OPS, he goes <laughs> they to the Dodgers. They were below-average players. <laughs> they were below-average, but they're going to the Dodgers, right? That's, you see how that works, right? Uh, well, and I will say that there a lot of there's a lot of bad things. You know, again, we talked about we've talked about a lot of trade deadline targets. We've talked about potentially mortgaging the future uh, for some of them. And I think the biggest thing that this series right now shows is that they have a lot of weaknesses. They have a mm -hmm. lot of areas of concern to address. And right now, there's not just one magical trade besides Shohei Otani that's going to bring everything they need over to this team. And even then. 
I, I say that with, with jest. Mike Hazen was asked about that, and he literally laughed off the idea of Shohei Otani being on the Diamondbacks' radar, despite what MLB trade rumors says. So let's. I mean, well, he breaks. laughed off the idea of talking to fans about it around That's the stadium. That's true. Like as if he, he any, didn't really like Mike, address uh, any discussions the Diamondbacks are having along Mike, those lines. Yeah, Mike, but Mike doesn't actually uh, walk around the stadium. Believe it or not, that's not something he does. So he doesn't have what what GM in their right mind <laughs> would just go prowling around the concourse um, five days before the, the trade Padre, deadline. Yeah. <laughs> I don't no know if he sense. would be safe down there right now. I don't know about that. Like based off what we're seeing on Twitter, I'm not sure he would be safe walking around the. That's probably true. It's a bad idea. Yeah. Well, we know who you guys want fired and everything like that. But uh, this series, again, not a great series for this team. And let's be honest, this was one of the easier uh, teams that they had on their schedule for the foreseeable future. So uh, the Diamondbacks have, definitely have some things to figure out. And they need to figure it out soon. Otherwise, this uh, things could go south for them very quickly. Luckily, as Sean will attest to, uh, all the teams right now in the National mm-hmm. League are pretty much bad. Like almost almost all of the teams. So uh, at the very least, when we lose, everybody else is losing and uh, things are not getting out of control as far as the Diamondbacks position for a wild card spot, at least for the time being. Yeah. So, I mean, technically speaking, they're not sitting in a wild card spot right this second. But I mean, yeah, San Francisco four and six in the last 10. Philadelphia is 500 in the last 10. Miami two and eight in the last 10. Watch out for the Cubbies. Yeah. Seven Cubbies and three in their last 10. But um, yeah, I mean, all of no one is no one's by like really putting any kind of separation as far as the wild card race is concerned. This isn't. This is not the AL where it's a matter of like a lot of good teams, it seems, fighting for a while. It's a lot of teams that are just not playing good baseball right now. Um, so, again, yeah. it's I mean, I don't want to by any means discredit how poorly the Diamondbacks are playing, but like it's still not really having too much of an effect on their like playoff chances as far as like like you said, as the rest of the teams are concerned. So. I guess if there's a time to suck, it's right now. Because um, if they can figure it out soon. If you were good, you'd be able to put some distance between yeah, you and these teams. Uh, yeah, but, but if, if the other teams were good, they'd be putting a lot of distance in between them. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, not good, but it could be a whole lot worse. And if they figure it out before these other teams, then there's still a chance for this season to be a good one. The Diamondbacks welcome the Mariners to town this weekend. Then they go to San Francisco for what's a very important series with the San Francisco Giants. And our very own Jesse Friedman will be in the Bay Area for that. So make sure to keep it locked here for uh, as much as we can give you in regards to that. Uh, Then they have the Twins, Dodgers, Padres, and Rockies, and then Padres again, and then Rangers, and then Reds, and then Dodgers, and then Orioles. Yeah, things... Things are bad, folks. Things are bad. And they might even get worse if this team doesn't find a way to be competitive. So. Did I hear Rockies? What's that? Yeah, there's the Rockies. Yeah. The Rockies are the only reprieve peppered in there. And no offense to Patrick Lyons or Susie Hunter, but I hope they beat the shit out of it, your team. It was so funny, right? Because right near when we started the show, there was a DMVR sent out their tweet for their postgame show. And it was two blown saves spoil a series wins win against the Nationals. Not to mention many more road homers. Like, ah, it could be worse. Could be worse. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, we'll make sure that we'll stock Jesse up with plenty of snacks when he heads out to San Francisco. But, of course, make sure you stock up with plenty of snacks at your local Circle K. Stop on in for your best coffee, beer, and snack selection, and premium gas. Of course, now that you got me and Sean both on the gas pumps, it's also the best in, in-house premium mm-hmm. gas entertainment. So True. stop by Circle K. Polar Pops stay cold longer, and we will not be happy with you if you don't enjoy yours. So make sure to do that. Also, get yourself some Powerades. They have four of them for $5. 
And on top of that, you'll also be entered uh, into a drawing to win Sean's car. Uh, I don't mean we're literally going to take Sean's car away from him because we need him to get to work. But uh, his dream car, the 2023 Ford Big Ben Bronco SUV that you can get down on. Hopefully one of you win it. Hopefully this guy wins it. That's I'm, I'm rooting for him. Are you eligible for this? Probably not, but I'll yeah, lie. We'll lie. We'll, we'll, we, 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 we got some burden. My mom will win it. There we go. Uh, you can also get buy two, get one free monster energy drinks as well as buy two, get one free beatbox hard tea. So make sure you're not missing out on all of this great stuff right now. Text PHNX to 31310 to join their SMS subscriber club and get a buy one, get one free offer on 32 ounce Polar Pops. Again, head to circlek.com slash store dash locator to find Circle K's near you. While you're there, pick up the official craft beer of the Arizona Diamondbacks. And that is our friends at Four Peaks. Uh, they have a rattle on red ale, which of course is definitely as smooth as Corbin Carroll's swing. And you can get that at their Four Peaks draft room at Chase Field. It's located on the suite level and it is an absolute elite place to watch a baseball game from. So if your tickets suck wherever you got them in the ballpark, don't even worry about trying to relocate. Just get some great food down at the Four Peaks draft room, get some beers and enjoy a baseball game. You can check out their calendars at Four Peaks or calendar at fourpeaks.com slash events to stay up to date on everything Four Peaks. Make sure to check them out online at Four Peaks Brew or Four Peaks Pub keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery must be 21 or older to drink four peaks and please drink responsibly. Uh, we do have some notes from today's press conference with Mike Hazen. Uh, I'm still a bit grumpy about it because I got a terrible position behind very tall gentlemen. So that I was not, a chaotic scrum. It was Mike one of Hazen the most chaotic today. scrums we've ever had in Diamondbacks history. Uh, Good thing I'm tall. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jesse got an inside position. I was with the cameraman. I had to get out of the way for a car driving by. And then the cameraman just kind of like molded together like, uh, you know, like, like, like as if I was never there in the first place. So, um, but. It was kind of an important press conference because this was the last time we got a, we will get a chance to talk to Mike Hazen until the trade deadline. And we know that the D-backs are still interested in being buyers. We know that this week does determine maybe how aggressive they are with their offers or how aggressive they are in meeting the demands of teams that they're trying to negotiate with. But... Uh, I do know that the Diamondbacks are still buyers, and Hazen had some comments in regards to that that just kind of reiterated where the, the position that they're in. Yeah, Hazen said, we want to improve this team. I want to improve this team. I think this team has earned that over the last few months. If you step back year over year from where we're standing today, we don't want to be in a position to waste opportunities that may be in front of us. Uh, and then he said later on, I think giving this team an opportunity to play in a pennant chase is extremely important. Right. So, yeah, the Diamondbacks are buyers. Uh, I mean, at least at where we stand today, before the game started today, the Diamondbacks were buyers. I guess maybe that could change <laughs> in the next few days, depending on uh, how the Mariners series goes over, over the weekend. But, yeah, I mean... Even though the Diamondbacks have sort of been in a in a free fall over the last few weeks, they're still in a pretty good spot. And uh, those other wild card teams, as, as Sean was talking about earlier, uh, some of these other teams aren't playing so great either. The Mar- the Marlins have really struggled. The Giants uh, have had some some big time ups and downs in in the last few weeks as well. So the D-backs are still in a good position. And Mike Hazen likes what he sees and he wants to reward the guys in that clubhouse and try to make this team better. He didn't make any comments that made it sound like the D-backs were going to be super aggressive, though. I, I didn't really get yeah. that sense from him. It was it was like a pretty clear we're buyers, but it wasn't like, a, you know, we're going to go all out or we're going to, 
you know, kind of hurt early on. Well, no, he yeah. continued to walk back his comments a bit about how aggressive they were going to be, and he added context and clarification to it. He basically, you know, it's it's. I feel like it's what we've been saying this whole time. This team is good, and they feel like they have a good option this year with how everyone is playing to be in it. As much as it sucks at the trade deadline for so many teams to be uh, still, I guess, I still buyers still in their division or still within shouting distance of a playoff spot, that also means that there's there's a lot of parity in the league and, and in both leagues. It means that there's a lot of teams that are, are all around the same record and nobody's yeah. really running away with anything. I mean, I feel like at this point, point in past years we would be down 20 games to the Dodgers and so would the rest of the National League West so like this doesn't feel as 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 bad of a situation which makes it interesting for all of these teams because everybody feels like they have a chance right Mm -hmm. AL East right now sorry Sean I hate to say this but it's fucking great to see the Yankees and the Red Sox at the bottom of the AL East right now right like that is Sean's not a Red Sox fan anymore and the Yankees are below the Red Sox so I'm fine with that that's right I forgot about that but I'm just saying like there's just so much fun to be had and the Diamondbacks are one of the fun teams It, it, it ultimately though it comes down to them Overperforming, uh, and I mean, our friend Jack Summers today brought up how the Diamondbacks are are one of uh, the they have the one of the biggest difference in expected batting uh, stats versus their actual batting stats, which means they've which overperformed. Means they've yeah. overperformed, and they've had a lot of luck on yeah. their side when it comes to their offense as well. But it doesn't mean that this team isn't isn't going to be competitive, or that they don't feel like they can make this team better at the trade deadline. It's just. Which of these teams that are in this wild card race can make themselves better than, yeah. than the other teams? And and like, what is it going to take? How much of the future of this organization is it going to take to try to win this season? I, I I think they'd make a lot of sacrifices. I, I think they would be willing to be as aggressive as Mike Hazen has kind of suggested he was going to be this whole time. But it, it's depending on the offer. The return for Ahmed Rosario is Noah Syndergaard. Huh. That's Whoa. the trade. Oh wow, that's a fascinating trade. He's Whoa. been gone so off. Noah, well, hasn't Noah Cinder, Yeah, I believe he's rehabbing right now in AAA, if I'm not that's, mistaken. I think, I think the Reno Aces might have played him yesterday, or or will play huh. him soon. That's a that's a fascinating well, they trade. Won't anymore, not, <laughs> yeah, not on, not on that franchise. Probably well, it starts like this it, year for with a 7.16 ERA and a 1.45 WHIP. If that's all it took to improve a shortstop position, I mean, Ahmed Rosario is not great, but he's hitting 270. If all it took was Noah Syndergaard, yeah, that's that's a different indication than what we've been seeing on other prices so far. Yeah, that's pretty wild. But the Diamondbacks do have their own trade deadline targets, as we've been discussing now for a few weeks, and we have some more targets today. We're going. We're going with some of your favorites. We're, we're, we're placating to our fan base. And we are going to talk today <laughs> about the Diamonds, Diamondbacks targeting pitching uh, and a bat. Of course, one of the things that Mike Hazen discussed today was that uh, uh, pitching would be their, their main priority. And I feel like we've known that this entire time. That's never been a secret. But he didn't put any emphasis on, on starting pitching being more important than bullpen or vice versa. Yeah, uh, so our our first guy is uh, one David Bednar, a guy that a lot of people have talked about in our chat, and we're finally appealing to the masses and talking about him on the show. <laughs> it's your guy. Uh, it's your his guy. stats this year are absolutely incredible. 1.15 ERA, a .95 whip. He's pitched 39 innings. I believe he has 19 saves for the Pirates this year. 
10.8 Ks per nine, 2.1 walks per nine. He has a, a sparkling 1.98 FIP, which does suggest some overperformance. Maybe the 115 isn't isn't going to be sustainable in the long term. But what? How is that possible? Jesse? The D-backs could could deal with the 1.98, even if that's what it, yeah. it winds up being in in the long term. Bednar is is one of the best uh, back end relievers in all of baseball. Um, and yeah, I mean, the thought of having him in Arizona probably puts the minds of many Diamondbacks so fans at ease. So, so uh, I'd like to see it. He's an absolute every, unit. Too. Every picture yeah. of him is so hot. Every picture of him is just. I was, I was looking at, at photos for these graphics, and I just he is an absolute unit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's absolute got such closer energy, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, you want to talk about like a presence on the yeah. mound? David Bednar absolutely has that figured out. Uh, if we look at the pros and cons of bringing Bednar to Arizona, uh, the pros, of course, he's elite, one of the best back-end relievers in baseball. I don't think there's any question. He's affordable. He's making 745000 this year um, <laughs> in pre-arbitration. Next year, he'll hit arbitration for the first time. So that salary will see uh, a considerable jump from 745 going into next season, but still very reasonable. Um, and he's controllable. Uh, he How has he has three more years of control oh after God. this one, so you're I getting three and a half years of him. All of the prospects at the Pirates for him, all <laughs> of the pro- like. Okay, we've talked about giving up a king's ransom for somebody as crazy as Otani or whatever. The Diamondbacks have never had this kind of guy. Well, no, I well I I lie about that. They've actually gone out and got this guy several times. Oh, then yeah. when he came over to the Diamondbacks, he ended up being horseshit. But I don't believe that about David Bednar. I think he's going to be awesome, and the Diamondbacks should make it a priority to make this man uh, an Arizona Diamondback. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, you fear, you obviously, I guess Diamondbacks fans have been spurned by this before, so you fear that he comes over and doesn't perform like that. But, right. I mean, I feel like this is the way, the easiest way to make your team, like, significantly better in one with one player is by getting a closer that you know you can trust by going oh, when you go to the bullpen because oh, it's God. something that this team does not have. Like, it just... Uh, just having like just the trust factor, I feel like makes this team better. Ignoring the fact that I mean, obviously he's an amazing player and would be the best arm in the bullpen. But oh my God. plus, we could it would be time to go to Bednar. Mm-hmm. Time to put the kids to Bednar. <laughs> time to blow out the candles and put out the Bednar. I don't know. There's lots of stuff we could do. Uh, turn down the. Bednar. Oh, when you have uh, Scott McGuff as a setup man, yes. Bednar as a closer. Turn yes. out the candles and go to bed. Go to bed. Yeah. Scott well, McGuff didn't look like much. He did give up four runs. Okay, but no one on this team does. Someone's got to do it. Yeah. He's Jesse, tell us about the cons. He's right. Yeah, so con number one is the prospect cost, which would absolutely be enormous. Uh, con number two is a lack of playoff experience. He has pitched for the Pirates. Um, and then con number three is once again prospect cost because it will, <laughs> that wasn't a mistake, it will cost an enormous amount to bring David Bednar to Arizona. Uh, we have a trade proposal. How much? This, uh, much? this a is lot. this is my best guess of like I'm kind of towing the line here between like what the Pirates would would oh, ask for and what the Diamondbacks God. would be willing to offer. If I'm being honest, I think the Pirates would probably not do this trade. They would, um, they wouldn't want I would this. take that trade. I'll say that. Yeah, I think <laughs> D-backs fans probably maybe like this. Pirates fans, I don't think would like this. Nor do I think the Pirates front office would like this. Uh, we have the Pirates getting Brandon Fott. Ivan Melendez and Dominic Fletcher in a um, heartbeat. I think people would maybe would maybe be okay. Maybe, I mean, Brandon I, fought like if he is a if he is a mid rotation starter, like trading six years of a mid rotation starter for three and a half years of a of a closer. You know, maybe you don't feel so great about that, but I think the jury's no, still no. out on. Well, no, who, who needs no, a mid rotation no, starter no. when Zach Gallon's going to be pitching I, for the fucking 
Rangers in two years. Can't believe of all people at this table that Jesse Friedman, who wrote an article on gophnx.com, is saying anything about the Diamondbacks bullpen situation when they have historically been bad. Never yeah. have had they, they haven't had a guy like David Bednar in their bullpen that was pulling the kind of numbers that he is for the Pittsburgh Pirates. So I don't care. I think that as far as this team goes, we talk about the future a lot. We talk about a lot of different things. We are on a ticking clock when it comes to Zach Gallon being a part of this team. And just today, Tori Lovello said that when it came to like trade deadline acquisitions, that the one guy that like he really got excited about was Zach Gallon. He also brought up JD Martinez. He said he went into the his office and like did like fist bumps when they got JD Martinez, which we all did that. But yes, when they got Zach Gallon. He was very, very excited about how good Zach Gallon could be and, and how good he could be for this organization for, for potentially a long time, right? So now we know Zach Gallon not here for so long. So we're not he's not here for a long time, but he's here for a good time. And we need to make sure we maximize that, try to win a championship while Zach Gallon is still part of this team. The the thing, another thing I want to say about this is the Pirates have tons of leverage here. Like they don't have to move David Bednar. He's under control for three and a half more years. Yeah. You could just as easily hold on to him and try this again next trade deadline when you might get pretty big offers then too, or even the trade deadline after that. Like the Pirates hold all of the cards here. Uh, they have said that they are willing to listen uh, to offers for David Bednar. That has been reported. Uh, they've also said that they're willing to listen on uh, Mitch Keller, who is another all-star for them, a uh, really good starting pitcher. So I think they're just kind of doing their due diligence and seeing what kinds of offers are out there. My guess is that they're asking for the sun, moon, and stars for <laughs> David Bednar at this point. And there's frankly no reason for them to take anything less than that. Uh, if you look at like, I don't know, the Josh Hader trade from last season, uh, the, the Brewers didn't actually get like a ton, a ton in that trade. I think this offer is quite a bit wealthier than that one. But I think we have to think that way because the, the Pirates just hold all of the cards here and they're not the kind of team, uh, as we saw with Brian Reynolds, they're not the kind of team to just like trade a piece just to trade a piece. Like they're going to get what they want or they're just going to move on. That's kind of what I expect them to do here. And, and I feel like the Diamondbacks kind of are in that same position too. Like the Diamondbacks don't really need... Again, I, I don't think the Diamondbacks don't need a closer. No, right? no, no, I wasn't going to say that. I was saying the Diamondbacks <laughs> don't need to be desperate, right? Like I understand wanting to improve your team and such, but I think at the end of the day, Mike Hazen isn't going to act in desperation when it comes to any of these trades. One of the things that worries me the most is we just had a very long, interesting conversation with Brent Strom about some improvements that he made to Brandon Fott. And it seemed to those improvements translated over to him having a much better outing in his last start. And he will have one more outing before the trade deadline. Now, if he just goes out there and fucking shoves in that outing, what kind of position does the Diamondbacks put that in if another team now, in fact, wants Brandon Fott as part of the trade package? Now, the thing, the trade, the change that Brent Shaw made was moving Brandon Fott to the other side of the plate. But then he went on a very long explanation in the dugout for Steve Gilbert that I eavesdropped on that talked about <laughs> how basically he did a, he did, he wanted Fott to kind of change like, to be more deceptive with his pitches and have those pitches kind of have a later break where you don't know if it's a fastball or changeup or curveball and such. And he talked about how moving him to the other side of, of the rubber helped with his arm angle and how that's going to improve him and, and being deceptive to, to 
to pitchers and uh, or to batters. And honestly, sometimes something as small as that can be the key for a guy like figuring it out a bit. Right. Uh, he was also talking about like arm movement and stuff and saying, like, if you see this every time, then you're ne- you have no idea what's going on. But he was saying, like, in regards to perhaps some of the tip pitching and th- or pitch tipping and stuff that they were doing, that maybe there was like a little bit of slower arm movement that then lets you see that a change up or some sort of off speed pitch is coming and such. So it was minor things that Brent Strom was talking about, but sometimes those little pieces of advice, that, that little wisdom can be the the thing that that makes a pitcher figure it out and, and fought right now. Uh, he still has a lot of value to me. And, and I, I don't like the idea of necessarily saying Fod is just an easily discardable piece for this team because I feel like he could be one of those guys that we as a fan base absolutely despise the organization for, for trading when he goes on to find success elsewhere, right? We, we always felt like he could be good, but we just never got to see him reach that potential. And, and that's, that's, a, that's a scary proposition. So uh, Diamondbacks, though, not just looking at pitching. Uh, again, we talk about starting pitching, relief pitching. We don't know exactly what they're going to target as a priority, but uh, we also have another guy. Valley native from here in Arizona, who the Diamondbacks might heard of him. Uh, take a look at. Uh, I've heard of him. You heard of him? I've heard of him. A little, co- little belly action. A little oh. Cody Bellinger. Cody uh, Bellinger. For, as you said, the Chicago Cubs that have been playing very good baseball. And a lot of that is due to Bellinger and his play. If we look at Cody Bellinger's stats, I mean, he's sort of been the real deal for the Cubs this year. 314 average entering today, 363 on base, 540 slugging percentage. 14 homers, 45 RBI, 2.7 war. That's in 69 games this year. So nice. Um, uh-huh. uh, so he, has, to laugh. he has missed. <laughs> he has missed uh, a few games this year. So uh, I mean, that's in less than half a season. He's put up those numbers. So he is having sort of like the the typical Cody Bellinger year from I guess his first three seasons in the majors. He's sort of reverted back to that guy. I do think there are some warning signs. Like I, I don't really view this as being entirely sustainable. He has a 333 BABIP, which is significantly higher than his career average of 283. Um, his WOBA is 379 compared to an expected WOBA of 325, which is an enormous gap. So I don't think, at least I would hope that the Cubs have some awareness here and aren't aren't trading Cody Bellinger with the intentions of like teams viewing him in light of his his actual current stats because i don't really think there's a lot of evidence that they're sustainable but if you're looking for you know the jd martinez-esque jolt for for the d-backs lineup cody bellinger is probably your your best bet and uh he is left-handed which is uh maybe not ideal but his splits this year are such that you could you could maybe get by that if we look at the pros and cons for bringing cody bellinger to the diamondbacks He's arguably the best available hitter. I guess Shohei Otani would be that guy, but who really knows if Shohei Otani is actually available? Um, I mentioned the platoon splits. Although he is a left-handed hitter, he's actually hit uh, lefties better this season, so maybe you wouldn't be so concerned about that side of things. He is an Arizona native, which is which is a fun thing. Uh, on the con side, there is uh, some financial cost here. Uh, he is due to make seventeen point five million dollars this season. Uh, so it'd be around six million or so for the rest of the year. Not too outrageous. He has a mutual option for next year, which probably will not be upheld. He's probably going to opt out and try to get a bigger a bigger deal. Uh, he also, as some people might remember from his days with the Dodgers, like Cody Bellinger's not been great in the playoffs in his career. Uh, don't have those numbers in front of me, but I think it was like a 600 OPS, something like that. 
Uh, and then finally, he is a rental. So on the con side, if you do trade Cody Bellinger, you're probably going to have to give up some uh, some relatively big time assets, and you're only getting him for for the rest of the year. Yeah. Uh, and I and I don't know if the Diamondbacks necessarily need to do that. I think most people that have been watching this team and watching this team over the last few weeks, yeah, their offense can can be stagnant at times. But like we saw today, they were still able to put up seven runs in a game that looked like an absolute blowout at one point and still felt that way. But uh, I don't I don't feel like the Diamondbacks have as much positional need. Uh, or are in, are in as much of a need for positional players as mm-hmm. they are in pitching. Pitching wins you yeah. championships, yeah. and I, they just they they have far too many needs at pitching right now for that to not be their primary focus. But like you said, Bellinger would be a fun. You want to package him with Stroman, like Jacob's saying. There you go, Bellinger and Stroman. Yeah, why there not? You go for uh, why not uh, for for Carson Kelly? Yes. and for Paven Smith. That's it. Uh, and Jose Ruiz. Nope, we DFA'd him, so never mind. We'll have to figure out somebody else to throw on that trade. No, we have a real trade package here for you, and of course, uh, I don't I don't know why we keep throwing Ivan Melendez in these because it infuriates me every time. But it infuriates when you have, the chat, when, too. When you have a guy Jesse, that's hitting the ball, smashing the ball. In, he strikes out at a 40% rate. Yeah, it strikes out at like is a Is it like 34, per, 35? Uh, it's not quite 40. It is, yeah. it is a little high. Um, but I, I asked around a little bit and I was told that if the Cubs were to trade a Cody Bellinger or anyone, uh, they'd maybe be looking for a corner infield. They don't really have any clear options for the future at first base or third base. So hence Ivan Melendez, uh, Slade Chaconi we also have in here as well as Dominic Fletcher. I'm not sure how much Fletcher necessarily fits the Cubs needs. Uh, maybe they would rather another arm instead of. Uh, instead of him at Jesse, the end of the day. Jesse, but his name's Dominic Fletcher. People in Chicago would love him. Are you kidding me? <laughs> they would love him just based on the name alone. He's also the greatest Italian baseball player to ever play the game. I don't know why people forgot about that. And so any team that receives him should, I mean, it should just be a one-for-one one trade. It should just be Cody Bellinger for Dominic Fletcher straight across. But I understand throwing these other these other names in there for sure. I mean, maybe if you took Fletcher out of it, like Melendez and Chicone. I mean, maybe, maybe it, it kind of depends on how the Cubs feel about Melendez. I guess he would kind of be the the big get there. Um, it's only half a season of Cody Bellinger, though. Like theoretically, it shouldn't cost that much. But if this is something along the lines of what it actually took, that wouldn't shock me. And now, uh, since they're only four and a half games out of the wild card, who the hell knows if the Cubs will even be sellers at the trade deadline? Because yeah. they do have two of the best pitchers in the National League as part of their starting rotation. And uh, again, Belly's Belly's been good for them this year, but uh, the Diamondbacks definitely need to figure it out. Again, uh, the home cooking today wasn't wasn't very good for Zach Gallon and this team. So uh, hopefully they can get things figured out. They have an off day tomorrow, and then they're Thank back God. at it on Friday against the Seattle Mariners. Speaking of home cooking, though, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> I'm not cooking at home anymore. I don't. I don't want to cook for myself or my family anymore, thanks to Factor Meals, because Factor Meals have absolutely spoiled me. I don't know what magic goes into these meals that they send me that in two minutes are just absolutely delicious and incredible. But they're pretty incredible. I mean, especially for these these two young gentlemen next to me. I mean, I can't imagine what a godsend these meals they are, are because they're delicious they're flavor packed and healthy and i think that's the biggest thing is like 
whenever we're trying to grab a bite to eat, especially like with a show like today, mm-hmm. it's not healthy. Like no. the we we kid ourselves and get a sub sandwich and like it's like it's got tomato and lettuce on it. We're good, right? But no, you want the bacon meals, and mayonnaise. That's yeah, right, right. <laughs> uh, factor meals are actually uh, they are actually delicious and they are actually healthy for you and they're proved by dietitians. Their smoothies, Each, uh, their smoothies are great. And I've had, go, I've had yeah. one for lunch basically every Man. day the last few days. Yeah, they. I think we're all we're all going to start looking pretty hot around this office, looking like, dieting like this. You can start. I'll keep. All right. Uh, <laughs> but I'll tell you this much. They have uh, a, a wide selection of food, whether it's breakfast or lunch or dinner, whatever you need. Uh, they got things for breakfast like apple cinnamon pancakes, Ooh. bacon and cheddar egg bites, uh, and pota- potato bacon and egg breakfast skillets. And all of those Damn. are excellent. So, again, just check out everything Factor has to offer. They also have their cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies that you can check out. Uh, and you can rest assured that you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and they feature sustainably sourced seafood in all of their meals. This July, you get Factor. Enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Uh, Ready in two minutes. No prep, no mess at all. Head to factormeals.com slash phnxdbacks50 and use code phnxdbacks50 to get 50% off. That's code phnxdbacks50 at factormeals.com slash phnxdbacks50 to get 50% off. And uh, of course, don't hesitate. If you if you hate cooking for yourself as much as I do, uh, make sure to check out Factors right now. Also, if you live in Arizona or any any pretty much any state in the United States with the way that this heat wave is going on, you need a good pair of sunglasses. And of course, check out uh, our friends at Shady Rays that make gear built to last with premium polarized shades. Uh, they also have an crazy, insane lost and broke, broken replacement pa- plan. You lose or break your pair, even on day one. They told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. They have your back long after you purchase. They also uh, have a wonderful exchange program where if you do not love your Shady Rays, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Uh, I've, I've said this before, but I have like 10 pairs of sunglasses that I used to rotate around based on uh, the colorful outfits that I wear. And I don't even care about if they match anymore. My Shady Rays are so much superior to my other sunglasses that it's all I wear. Uh, and they also do wonderful things for the community, like building play sets for pediatric cancer, uh, cancer patients. They also provide young adults with MS, uh, outdoor adventures of a lifetime. So uh, Shady Rays is doing something to impact your community and others like it for now and for years to come. Uh, and exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHNX for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over a quarter of a million people. Uh, and while you're looking good in your sunglasses, look good in a polo, polo, polo shirt mm-hmm. from our friends at Pins and Aces, of course. Uh, I, I, I need to stress how much if, you're, if, you're, if your polo living in Arizona does not breathe well, does not stretch, and is not light, throw it in the trash and go buy yourself a new one from Pins and Aces. Uh, they have wonderful designs that are right up my alley. So if you like... Uh, ridiculous patterns like I wear all the time. You you will love what they have. They also have uh, regular clothes yeah, for adults say. like this, like a black shirt, <laughs> like a black polo that doesn't have a bunch of uh, bongs and and stuff on it. So, uh, but they're a family owned golf and apparel business, and we absolutely love their stuff. So make sure to check them out. Uh, we always get compliments on our uh, Phoenix shirt that we wear and all of our stuff from Pins and Aces. So make sure to check out the official golf apparel partner of PHNX in All City and their amazing polos, hats, golf bags, and everything you need. Uh, for the links 
Check out pinsandaces.com and use code PHNX to receive 15% off your order, and you will get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. That's all we got, guys. Tomorrow we are back here at 1 p.m., uh, and then we will be back here on Friday with our postgame show. So make sure to join us for all of that. Hopefully, once again, the Diamondbacks can put things together here before next week because that looming trade deadline really feels like a – uh, like like a like like a scary thing for this team as, as yeah. Things what are we gonna talk about when it's over? No, I don't know. Baseball. Like again. what? It, Maybe it, we'll just uh, we'll, we'll have fun conversations. What if the D-backs came and just didn't do anything, and then uh, the deadline came? Like oh. I guess the I guess the I guess the fucking season's over. Like that would that'd just be such a shitty way for the stand. You better make some damn moves, Mike. Do make some damn moves. Oh man. Well, I. It still feels like what the D-backs do, like this weekend and starting yeah. next week. Like Mike hasn't really come out and said this directly. I, I don't know if it would really make sense for a GM to do that. You don't want to put a ton of pressure on your players by <laughs> saying like, "Yeah, absolutely." What Win happens or the over the next over. five days is going to dictate what we do at the trade. Or deadline. you're gone, maybe. Maybe you're. Maybe we were sellers, and you're part of the package. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't feel great. I, I don't. I don't know if it would be in Mike's <laughs> best interest to say that. So he hasn't really said that. But I still kind of feel like. I mean, if if the D backs go out and take care of business this weekend against the Mariners. That that could move things in in the positive direction toward being a little bit more active. If they go out and and play like the team we've seen the last few weeks, you might be drifting into like, yeah, we'll like trade for a eighth inning reliever type, but we're not really going to push yeah. the chips in much more than that. I think that is a, a plausible outcome next week. Tori was asked today about like the feeling and mood around this time of the year, like guys being worried about their position or being worried if they could potentially be traded. And he brought up that this team has been sellers in the past few seasons, but now it feels good yeah. to be in a buyer's position. I just hope that that good feeling maintains and that they actually are buyers when this trade deadline comes around. But yeah. uh, you can keep it locked right here because we will have everything you need on the trade deadline and anything that happens with the Diamondbacks. We will keep you updated on that. You can follow us on Twitter. I am at cap underscore K man with K. Sean is at Sean underscore depause. Jesse is at Jesse and Friedman. That's F R I E D A M A N. I don't spell it enough, I guess. Uh, Jacob is at Jacob underscore Franklin four. And now that I know he's the fourth best Jacob Franklin out there, that's easy to remember. But uh, Jacob I'll, is J A C O B. Franklin is F R. Yeah, underscore F R A N K L I N. All you need to do is Derek is D H N X underscore D backs. That's where you go for all of your memes and all of your funny tweets. Uh, and, of course, all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, we thank you guys so much for joining us. We appreciate your time. Did we have a new a new diehard in the chat? Oh, yeah, all text. All text. He's been a fan for a while, but he said yeah. that he finally uh, Let's go. became a diehard. So welcome to the fam, all text. Yes, awesome. Well, he's been watching for a bit. All out in St. Louis, too. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. I, I'm not... Like maybe if we were playing any other team right now, I'll text, but <laughs> no, I'll text. I'll text is a real one. Yeah, you are a real one. You're all real ones. We all appreciate all you guys for showing up. Uh, we thank you again for your time. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when Zach Gallon actually shoves it home.